This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, August 11th. Brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Good morning, I'm Jeff Downley. Here's today's headlines. Relief on food costs coming. Ag District gets new rep. And USTR doubles down. Grocers likely in no hurry to change prices. The White House is no doubt glad to see the consumer price index stay unchanged for July. But there is little good news in the latest data for supermarket prices. And while there are reasons to think that retail food prices could be peaking, it may be a while for consumers to see the effects. The cost of eating at home is up 13.1% over the past year, a rate not seen since early 1979. Grocery store prices rose 1.3% in July, the highest monthly increase since March. Now take note, Cal Poly economist Ricky Volpe, speaking on a press briefing organized by the FMI, the Food Industry Association, says retailers are slow to change prices in either direction just because of the cost and complexity entailed in adjusting prices for thousands of products. To reduce prices even a little bit is going to be an expensive proposition, especially given that inflationary costs continue to trend upward over time, he said. Prices for poultry and eggs continue to be a significant factor in inflation due to the avian influenza outbreak that forced farms to destroy birds. But Volp, a former economist for USDA, said the poultry industry is especially resilient and able to respond to shocks relatively quickly. The beef industry is another matter. We are still today feeling the supply-side impacts of beef cattle left over from the Great Recession because that is such a slow-moving and rigid supply chain, Volpe said. Minnesota Farm District gets new lawmaker. Uh, Farmer and former USDA Rural Development State Director Brad Feinstein has won a special election in Minnesota to fill the remaining term of the late House Ag Committee member Jim Hagedorn. The Republican Feinstein also defeated former Hormel Food CEO Jeff Ettinger, who was running as a Democrat for the 1st District seat. The two men will face each other again in November. Feinstein led 51-47 to with more than 95% of the vote counted. Big races in Wisconsin. Democratic Lieutenant Governor Melinda Barnes won the primary for the right to face incumbent and Donald Trump endorsed Senator Ron Johnson. If primary turnout is any indication, Barnes faces an uphill battle in November. With more than 95% of the vote counted, about 500,000 Democrats had voted for Barnes and two challengers. More than 670,000 Republicans voted in their primary party, in their party's primary. Former Wisconsin Agriculture Secretary Brad Pfaff won the Democratic primary for the third district house seat, now held by Ron Kine. Pfaff, a former aide to Kine, will face Trump-endorsed Republican Derek Van Orden, who ran unopposed. USTR cutting tariffs in IPEF not on the table. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai has made it clear to the United Steelworkers that the proposed Indo-Pacific Economic Framework Agreement won't open the U.S. to cheaper imports through reduced tariffs. Tai, in her most blunt assessment yet, 
on the prospect for reducing trade tariffs, told union members yesterday, we are learning lessons from the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and we are putting our workers-centered trade policy into action. Because of that, tariff elimination is not on the table. Why it matters? Well, farm state lawmakers and U.S. ag groups continue to criticize the Biden administration for its refusal to consider trade deals that would slash foreign tariffs on U.S. ag exports. There are a number of non-tariff provisions in TPP that would help facilitate trade, but it seems to be a lost opportunity to not address tariff levels as much as the gains to U.S. producers and consumers will come through tariff reductions. Joe Glauber. Senior Research Fellow at the International Food Policy Research Institute and former USDA Chief Economist told AgriPulse after Ty's speech. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Daybreak is sponsored by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, the third largest dairy co-op in the country. Edge is a powerful advocate of Washington for farmers throughout the upper Midwest. Among Edge's top priorities is milk pricing reform. Over its long history, the federal order system has aimed to serve farmers by ensuring the orderly marketing of fluid milk. But changing production and consumption patterns are rendering the system ineffective. Edge envisions changes that create flexibility, promote fairness, and strengthen the relationship between farmers and processors. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Biden announces $1.1 billion in rural infrastructure funding. The Biden administration says half the $2.2 billion in funds allocated this year under the bipartisan infrastructure law will be going to construction projects in rural areas. Much of the funding will go toward improving roads and bridges, but there will also be money to help strengthen infrastructure that will benefit farmers and ag exports, such as the construction of a new $12.6 million berth at a section of the Port of Tampa Bay in Florida that ships ag goods, said Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. New guidance out on hens, salmonella prevention. FDA has issued recommendations for how to prevent salmonella and shell eggs produced by laying hens that have access to the outside. Why it matters? Well, the USDA has proposed regulations that will require significant outdoor access for poultry. Screened-in porches won't meet the requirement. The FDA guidance issued yesterday covers a variety of ways to prevent rats, flies, stray poultry, and cats from entering outdoor areas. FDA believes that egg producers can provide laying hens with access to areas outside the poultry house, which includes porches, outdoor runs, and pastures, and still comply with the egg rule, the agency said. A draft version of the guidance had defined porch as a part of the poultry house. Syngenta and Atticus settle fungicide patent dispute. Syngenta Crop Protection and Atticus LLC said yesterday they had settled all claims and counterclaims in litigation launched by Syngenta in 2019, alleging Atticus had infringed on Syngenta patents for fungicide products. Atticus will continue to sell its azoxtrobin products, the company's press release said, adding both parties agree that valid intellectual property rights are important to the industry, and should be respected. 
Syngenta's complaint alleged that five of Atticus' products infringed certain Syngenta patents relating to the manufacture of azoxtrobin fungicide, Syngenta said in 2019. Here's today's She Said It. When you want to change the way things are done in trade, some will accuse you of being against trade. But it's not about what you're against, it's about what you're for. And we are for doing trade the right way. That U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai defending the Biden administration's trade agenda. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, August 11th. Brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Allen.